Welcome to the Future Fix. It feels like years ago, though it was only a number of months, that one of the starkest images of COVID-19 was the barren, empty streets. Places of bustling energy were quiet, closed up, dead. As places began to open up and people stepped nervously out of lockdown, we started trying to adapt to the pandemic lifestyle and return to some semblance of normal, including along our main streets. I mean, main streets are the harder the nucleus of the community. And, um, you know, through our research and, and many conversations, we found three things that really matter about main streets. They are essential to the economy. Um, they're also hubs of social, cultural and civic activity. Um, you know, That's Arianna Holt, senior planner with the Canadian Urban Institute. Just to say the last thing is that they also support community inclusion, safety and the health of communities. So, In response to the pandemic, she and her colleagues have been studying how to revive the streets around which our communities are built. And the Bring Back Main Street campaign was born. We started Bring Back Main Street in April and May. So right you know, after the pandemic had started, we identified this real need to focus on our main streets and this real challenge that they were facing as a result of the pandemic. So we brought diverse stakeholders together and created a partnership network of Main Street advocates and workers from across Canada and brought together uh, different researchers and experts on Main Streets. And we've developed a whole bunch of different tools and resources to help those working on Main Streets in supporting their decision-making and supporting them in doing their work. We've been looking at whether businesses are online and whether they've been getting online through the pandemic. Also been working with Embronics Analytics. Um, They're a research partner with us on Bring Back Main Street. Uh, They're using mobile device data to track visits and visitations on main streets. So they can, we can sort of block out a, a particular geographic area and we can look at that area and we can look at how visitation patterns have changed. And, um, you know, we, so while clever design and a better understanding of how COVID spreads have opened main streets back up, businesses are still hurting. Winter's on its way and we're facing a massive resurgence of the virus. And, and so we know that the downtowns, and this is something that we know, the downtowns are really, really struggling. To save our main streets, we may have to bring them to us. You're listening to The Future Fix, solutions for communities across Canada. This is Season 2 of The Future Fix, an audio exploration of the way technology and data are shaping communities across Canada. I'm Glenn Bowerman. Each episode, we present community challenges and solutions that take you to places large and small from coast to coast to coast. The digital Main Street idea began some years ago with the Toronto Association of BIAs and caught on fast. Provincial and federal governments got on board, 
and it's now a national program, providing digital transformation grants and helping businesses secure domains and create online stores, fast-tracked for many communities by the necessity of the pandemic. One of these communities is Belleville, Ontario. Here's Belleville Downtown Improvement Area Executive Director Mary Jo Curie to explain. Yeah, so where DMS came in for us, we used them last year, and I would say about 80% of the street was digitally challenged. Mm -hmm. So we brought them up a level, at least to get them on Google My Business, understand the importance of keeping that up to date, getting some of them uh, more savvy when it came to social media, et cetera. And uh, and then the, the program for DMS is usually anywhere from eight to 16 weeks. And after that, they would just sort of babysat them as we went along and, and helped those that were interested in becoming more digitally savvy. We certainly were there for them. And then others that weren't, we just left to, to their own devices, I guess. And then DMS came back. And of course, we applied again because it was a very valuable program for us. It gave us more feet on the street and more intimate relationship for members because they were able to work one-on-one with a specialist. So we started it again this year, and when COVID hit, we had this idea that maybe this is the time to launch what we had envisioned as a marketplace, which we had planned for 2021 anyway. Mm -hmm. So we pulled it from the back burner, put it on the front burner, spent four weeks doing nothing else but that. Literally, we had our heads down working very, very diligently with five people on the street who we thought, okay, we'll beta test this with them. That grew to 10. By the time we launched, I think we were up to 20 and I think we're over 30 now on the marketplace. So um, because of our skill set in that regard, we were able to pull it together really quickly. And because COVID shut everything down, we were able to put a lot of other projects on, on hold while we carved out that time to have the marketplace built. And then where DMS comes in a little bit later, so they started in September, then they are able to pick up beyond us and start to help our members understand the value of digital and where the marketplace comes in and where there are other areas in terms of the digital platforms that they can use to help their businesses. So can you describe the downtown district marketplace for for listeners? Sure. So we actually have about 200 members down in in our uh, district. So that just means that there's 200 businesses that are actually belong to the, the BIA. The marketplace is targeting mainly restaurants and retailers. We found that it was the best for restaurants and retailers. So they are on a, a digital platform that is e-commerce enabled, and it allows people to shop in the downtown district at several different places at once. Mm-hmm and only have one cart. So um, because COVID hit and we have, suddenly the world was very accustomed to curbside pickup, it really helped us. And when the stores were actually closed, we had, because our, our town is fairly small, we're a town of uh, 50,000, many of our retailers and restaurants that were closed were willing to deliver. So it created this lovely environment of, okay, I'm going to support the downtown and I need things anyway, so I'm going to buy from this store, this store, this store, and this store. It takes one payment from my cart and then I go to the various places to pick up or I arrange delivery. And so that's how it worked in COVID. Um, then once once brick and mortar was able to open and restaurants were able to open patios, it wasn't a, a, as essential for them, but it's certainly a, a part of their sales channel. I, I like this idea of the one cart thing. It It is really like uh, a digital version of, of walking down the street and just popping into this store, popping into that store, you know, getting your errands done. Exactly. It, it's basically a small Amazon for the downtown district. 
And uh, what what are some of the barriers even before COVID uh, to uh, businesses getting on board with uh, digital platforms? Probably the number one barrier is time for one person operations, and and even um, even stores and restaurants that are larger than that. We have restaurants that employ up to twenty five people here. The entrepreneurial lifestyle creates or attracts a certain personality that likes to be busy from early in the morning to late at night and, you know, keep many balls rolling and, and many balls up in the air. But I think digital requires, as anybody in the digital world knows, requires expertise and it re- requires time. And I think a lot of people don't respect that. That's why uh, often people don't understand when you say, yeah, I'll do your social media and it'll be this much. And they look at you like, well, I do that when I'm you know, watching TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, no, it's a little bit different when you're actually trying to attract customers. So the first is time. The second is giving them the knowledge to make the decisions around digital, make sure that they understand the value of what they're getting and what they should expect in return from a vendor if they hire it out. So those those were probably the two biggest challenges. And then some people on the street, we we will never get them digital. I've got a 75-year-old man who runs a, a billiard place here. Mm-hmm. Well, he's never, he doesn't have email. Right. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I, I set up an email for him. He still doesn't use it. So it really just depends on the generation that we have lots of, uh, lots of different ages and generations down here, but that's just an extreme case. And how has this digital marketplace uh, helped revive uh, the businesses downtown during during COVID? Well, it didn't help them revive. It helped them survive. Right. Um, I think without the marketplace, we would have seen a lot more do- doors close. When we first were shut down, there was a lot of discouragement on the street. and we Just long faces and lots of talk about, oh my God, I'm not going to make it. I think I'm going to you know, have to close my store, et cetera. And then as soon as we introduced the concept of the marketplace, which we believed in, so it helped because we had the passion for it, that sort of became almost contagious on the street. And I think because these guys are entrepreneurs and they like to be busy when you took that away from them, then they were like, give me something else to play with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so then it was, it just was this natural contagious thing that happened on the street. And then when they started seeing money drop down into their bank accounts, then it's, I mean, it's really a no brainer for them. So there were some restaurants for sure. And some retailers, I could almost guarantee you, would have had to close their doors if it wasn't for the marketplace. Right. And so what is the importance of these Main Street local businesses to uh, the town of Belleville? Well, I think in the industry and economic development anyway, one of the firm beliefs, and I'm sure there's some surveys to prove it, is that the health of your entire city is judged on the health of your downtown. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you've got a downtown that's not being cared for, isn't successful, has a lot of closed stores, as all of us struggle with, when we're not unique to that. We have a lot of um, empty buildings. That's a reflection of the state of the entire city. So it's important for the municipality to make sure that the downtown is thriving. We have a central, um, a lot of financial institutions down here, which really helps to drive traffic and just to uh, keep the downtown thriving. And we are coming out of a three-year streetscape redo from threshold to threshold. So that was uh, something that once we came out of that, trying to make sure that we continued to to go in the right direction. And uh, Digital Main Streets has now become a federal initiative. Uh, there's pickup uh, all over the country. 
But can it go further? You know, what kind of support from the various levels of government and from the tech sector? What what kind of support can it continue to offer small businesses? DMS can be run year round, so it's digital Main Street, so it's Main Street focused. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, there was a lot of uh, upset from people who weren't in the downtown area in our city and I suspect others that wanted to be a part of the program, wanted to take advantage of the grant and the uh, free assistance that couldn't because they weren't in the downtown core. So that's one way it could expand. So the more money that's in it, the longer term we have people that are employed to be our digital main street squad. So it creates employment. I don't see anything that wouldn't be a benefit to growing that program with more funds, that's what it comes down to. And obviously the the downtown digital marketplace is something that you wanted to do pre-COVID. And obviously we'd all like to be out of this uh, sort of pandemic lifestyle that we've been living for this year. But uh, it, it seems to me that uh, the, the intention is that uh, digital main streets are here to stay, even once we're all uh, in a little bit brighter times. Of course, yeah. And that was proved with digital main street last year. We didn't have covid but we, COVID, one of the, the benefits of COVID was it sort of put a fire under everybody's feet to get digital fast mm-hmm. and to understand that you can't survive in a retail and restaurant environment anymore without having some kind of, some kind of presence online that's accurate. If that's just simply Google My Business, then at least you have that. But if you don't have that, you, you can pretty much guarantee that you're going to close your doors at some point unless you've got you've been here like the the place that I was talking about that's run by an elderly gentleman he's been in our town for 70 years right so you know he's got that going for him but boy would I love to put some digital power behind him uh well Mary Jo I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me thanks for having me Similar innovation came to Halifax's Quinpool Road, where Larry Burke, a local designer and board member of the Quinpool Road District Association, came up with the concept of an online one-stop shopping mall. Yeah, uh, well, Quinpool is a neighborhood, I guess you could say. It's, it's not in the main downtown area of Halifax. It's kind of its own sort of area. It's got a lot of uh, residential around it, but it has a lot of uh, small businesses, and it's always been kind of a kind of eclectic uh, neighborhood of businesses and services and things like that. And, uh, and then, of course, COVID hit. And, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of these small businesses were probably hit harder than, than most. And what kind of businesses are we talking? A lot of small retailers, restaurants, uh, services, a lot of independents. Not a lot of uh, big nationals or things like that. A lot of owner-operated and a lot of smaller type of businesses. Right. And, and so uh, you kind of came up with, to address COVID, the idea of uh, Shop Quinpool online. Yeah. So when COVID hit, I mean, a lot of, like I say, a lot of these businesses are very, very much consumer oriented, literally shops that you would walk into and, and go into and restaurants and, and these types of things. And so when COVID hit with all the restrictions, people were staying home and they were hit particularly hard. And so in our normal course of marketing the street, a lot of our previous 
programming had revolved around events and things like that, you know, things that would draw people out and whatever. And we kind of had to put that on hold too, because it wasn't really appropriate. So we thought, well, you know, how hard would it be to get them online? There are some that have, that did have an online presence, uh, you know, some better than others, but none of them are big enough to have the kind of visibility that, that we could achieve as a group. So we thought, well, let's literally take this Main Street idea and, and put Quinpool online and promote that, mm-hmm. which is more than each individual could possibly promote themselves. So uh, collectively, it allowed us to promote the street as a destination and let people know that a lot of the stores that they might have gone to visit, they can now shop online. And so you were able to uh, launch the Shop Quinpool online very early in the pandemic. Very much so, yeah. And so it's it's been a while. What what kind of a difference have you seen? Have, have business owners uh, been sharing their experience? Uh, you must have got some feedback. Yeah, unfortunately, they don't. And, and I'll tell you, okay. unfortunately, these are like a whole bunch of individual businesses that are really, really engaged in just trying to stay afloat. Mm-hmm. So, so we don't get a lot of feedback from them. Uh, usually, <laughs> if something doesn't work, we'll hear about it. Right. <laughs> But, but generally, I think that they were, you know, uh, glad to get to to get on board with this, and uh, it does give them a tool, another tool that they didn't have, and it didn't cost them anything either, and that's the other thing too. And you talk about having this resource in perpetuity. Think about a world beyond COVID, which I'm told will will happen one day. Yes. Do you imagine this resource uh, continuing to be important even without the logistical necessity that uh, COVID creates? Absolutely, because, I mean, I don't know about you, but I know I've been doing a lot of buying online, and buying online has become uh, pretty mainstream. I mean, think of how many Amazon packages arrive at the door, and that was, you know, before COVID. I mean, it's just, it's so convenient to be able to just order something and then have it appear on your doorstep, and I think that that is not a trend that's going away. On the other hand, uh, Quinpool Markets seems to be a Halifax destination is any part of you concerned that if we turn to a, a digital only kind of model that some of these main streets may suffer? Oh, absolutely. I mean, they do work sort of counter to each other. There's no question. I mean, Quinpool and the success of Quinpool as a destination is that people do like to come down the street. And a lot of our marketing pre-COVID was based on doing events. And I mean, that's part of what has made Quinpool what it what it is. Mm-hmm. And so obviously this throws a big monkey wrench into that, you know, but they, but these are still retailers. They still have to sell product. So even though part of them is, you know, and part of the allure, I guess, of like, I can tell you, I've been on Quinpool for probably 20 years. We love Quinpool. And what we love about it is I can literally, you know, walk down the street. I can go to my physiotherapist, two doors down. I can get my coffee at the cafe next door. I can go buy my you know, Blundstones down the street. I can go to the bank across the road. I can go to, you know, everything is here. And a lot of these are locally owned. So I'm buying local. I'm supporting my local business. It really is a community. You know, people want that interaction and, and want to feel part of a community. And, and you go into the store and the owner is there helping you out. I mean, you, you don't see that too much anymore. Uh, people still want that. All right. Well, Larry, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Oh, my pleasure. For years, 
Online platforms looked like the death of local business. Giants like Amazon looked prime for global domination. It's hard to resist the allure of being able to buy almost anything you can imagine without even getting out of bed and having it delivered to your doorstep. Ironic, then, that digital shopping has turned out to be a lifesaver for Main Street shops during the pandemic. For some, it's kept them in business. And now, they have new digital infrastructure they can rely on even after COVID. There's no substitute in my mind for a real, tangible Main Street. One where you can get your errands done, bump into a friend, and maybe just enjoy the neighborhood outdoors. But for many local businesses, until we get that vaccine, Digital Main Streets is the fix. Thank you for listening to The Future Fix, solutions for communities across Canada. We are a partnership between Spacing Magazine and Evergreen for the Community Solutions Network, a program of Future Cities Canada. As the program lead, Evergreen is working with Open North and partners to help communities of all sizes across Canada navigate the smart cities landscape. The Community Solutions Network is supported with funding provided by Infrastructure Canada. This podcast was produced by myself, Glenn Bowerman, and Neil Hinchley. Original music composed by Neil Hinchley. And our creative consultant is Sanchita Rajvanshi. We'll be back with more episodes of The Future Fix in the new year. 